We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, did you guys know, I don't know if you guys use the DVDs or not, like, as far as, you know, I, I know you guys have them, but this disc, the first, like, three episodes are in the order. <laughs> is this how we're introducing the episodes? Yeah, it is because no, okay. I've just got to complain about I, this. Doesn't really fit into we're just, anchovies. We're just getting into, we're just getting into nothing about the right episodes. The I was like, "Is this a bit?" <laughs> no, kind of, kind of. It is kind of funny that okay. I'm complaining about it, but at the same time, it's so annoying <laughs> because the last DVD, all the episodes <laughs> were in order with the list on Turtlepedia, and then this disc, the first three episodes are, and then like the last five are all jumbled up. It's it's not in the same order. Yeah, anyway. so famously, the the DVDs for the series have been really bad. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of a known thing. Uh, I remember bought them digitally, so I did not have to deal with the DVDs anymore. Yeah, uh, it's probably what I should have done, but too late, and I'm not paying more money than I have to for this series. So <laughs> honestly, yeah. honestly, it's a sound investment, but. <laughs> Uh, but what are, what are we doing? What are these tonight? three episodes Spencer? that annoy Spencer so much? The three episodes that just, you know, annoy the crap out of me, annoy the shell out of me, <laughs> are episodes 10, 11, and 12 of season six. So that's Phantom of the Sewers, Donatello Trashes Slash, and Leonardo is Missing. Three David Wise joints in a row. Three? David Wise episodes. That is I a, true. I have a feeling we're just going to get a whole lot more written by him now that, at least this season, since there's such like less output going on of Ninja Turtles after those ginormous seasons they made. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like now that um, the, the production schedule has slowed down so much um, that they're able to kind of focus on episodes and it really does show because like we talked about like the three last week how how good at least trick is revenge was um but but i mean like a lot of these episodes aren't just bad like they were for seasons three four and five you know like these kind of go from like all right to i mean watchable all right to decent (laughs) yeah uh there's only one more david wise episode this season it looks like so. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I take it all back. Well, I mean, Let's but that still goes back to what I was saying about like how consistent 
at least the season has been so far. Five, six, seven. He's done eight of 16 episodes this season, it looks like. So half, half, the, half the season. So that's, he's done half the season. Yeah. That, that's still quite a bit. So I'm going to kind of hold on to what I was saying before. He, he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot now that there are less episodes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's uh, not done either. <laughs> He's got a, he's, he's got a good, uh, interview in, um, the turtle power documentary. Uh, um, so I think, I think I want to watch that again. Yeah. It's probably worth, worth looking at. Cause like, as, as much as like we make fun of David wise, um, you know, he, he wrote the original five or at least some of the original five episodes, you know, apparently he's the one who coined michelangelo saying calabunga mm. so i mean we really have him to thank for that true <laughs> my big criticism though is he'll write eight episodes with 14 plots <laughs> yeah i mean fair because <laughs> we're I mean, gonna, yeah because yeah, we'll get into that yeah, sure, we'll get it but... i don't know these episodes had a little bit less than normal you know so i i will give him that Maybe I'm just focusing on my episode too much. Probably. Because <laughs> yours was a doozy. Oh, um, man. When that third act started, I was like, did I like get hit in the head with a coconut <laughs> or something? Like, what, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a story? Will do. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So our first episode here, number 10, Phantom of the Sewers, released November 14th of 1992, written by David Wise. A phantom has been appearing at the local pizza place with animatronic stage performances. The turtles think that the whole thing is fishy because, you know, they see the news reporting on it, of course, as, as is the beginning of every single Ninja Turtles episode ever. And so they go to check it out. When they exit their lair, they happen upon the phantom in the sewers mixing cement. They try to chase him, but lose him. They go back to the lair for Don's tracking device and track him. They notice that the sewer water levels are rising and assume that the phantom is behind it. They find his lair and his machinery that is in fact raising the water levels and flooding the sewers, so they dismantle it. While investigating, they happen upon an elevator that leads up to the pizza place. When the owner, Higby, finds them there, he suspiciously kicks them out. They phone April to tell what they learned, and she clues them in on what she knows. Higby had a partner named Bogart who disappeared. He's the one who built the robots. They assume the Phantom is Bogart. April wasn't able to find out more since she now has to cover the loads of bank robberies going on. The Turtles decide now to jump on to checking that out instead. They wait outside a bank until the robbers come, and they see that the robbers are the animatronics from the pizza place. They retreat and go to the Phantom's lair to stop them at the source, because obviously Bogart's controlling them, if he's the one that built them, but then they learn that the Phantom isn't the one controlling them. So they end up learning from Bogart that he is now out in the sewers because he was ousted by his partner and disfigured by him. Now that they know why Bogart is living in the sewers, they can deduce that his partner is the one behind the robberies. They go to the pizza place, 
find the controls, but aren't able to do anything before Higby shows up. They tussle, and in the fight, the controls for the robots are broken. This makes the robots go berserk. Donatello says that the risk of explosion is imminent. So they go back down and flood things again, causing the foundation to the pizza place to give in and sink into the ground. Higby is arrested, and it turns out that Bogart isn't actually disfigured. He just got paint on his face and was able to wash it off. The end. Incredible. Yeah. What a tale. Next up is Donatello Trash's Slash, episode 11, original air date, October 10th, 1992. Donatello unveils a new pizza slicing machine for his brothers, but it rather predictably goes awry, destroying the pizzas and some of their furniture. As the others head up to eat above ground, Donatello stays behind to clean up the mess he made. He bemoans to Splinter that he that lately his inventions have all been failing. He also sees Vernon's news report on a new turtle sanctuary in the city, which pleases him until Vernon makes disparaging comments about dirty, smelly turtles on live TV. Enraged, Donatello decides to go to Channel 6 to give Vernon a piece of his mind, but is interrupted by breaking news report from April of an alien invader who resembles a large, vicious turtle. He investigates the landed UFO and discovers that it's the space scow that Slash, the evil turtle from Dimension X, was last seen on. However, Slash has changed dramatically. He is now intelligent and sealing complicated technology. He's also as strong as ever, which puts Donatello at a distinct disadvantage. After stating that he plans to become the supreme turtle in this town, Slash drops dozens of girders on Donatello and leaves him for dead declaring that now he needs to work on his trans-frequency flux oscillator. He heads to the Channel 6 building to take the broadcasting antenna off the roof. Just then, Leonardo Duck contacts Donatello, who has fortunately survived the girders following on him. Michelangelo, Raphael, and Leonardo rescue him, but are amused by the idea that Slash is now brilliant. They manage to make their way into the building, despite an impenetrable force field around it. They attempt to take on Slash, but he's able to thwart all of them with a weapon of his own design. Raphael demands to know how he got so smart, and Slash relates that while he was drifting through space, he happened to crash land on an alien world inhabited by a race of hyper-intelligent beings. They took pity on his subpar IQ and increased his intelligence beyond the wildest dreams of mere mortals. With his newfound intellect, he decided to come back to Earth and turtleize the entire planet using his animalizer ray. He would, of course, be the supreme turtle over everybody. To demonstrate his device, he turns Vernon and Burn into turtles. To keep the turtles from stopping him, Slash blasts them with a freeze ray and heads for the rooftop. April finds them and manages to thaw them out with a hairdryer. The turtles then rush up to the rooftop just as Slash blasts away with the animalizer ray and follow them to a higher rooftop where they engage him in combat. Donatello appears with his pizza slicer machine and unleashes it on the robot Slash is controlling and then tricks Slash into turning Vern and Burn back into back to normal humans. After Leonard destroys the animalizer ray, Slash tackles the turtles off of the rooftop and plummets to the street below. When the turtles wake him, he's lost his intelligence, and they usher him back to his spaceship. That evening, Michelangelo expresses disappointment that nothing blew up in their final conflict with Slash, 
Then Donatello appears with his automatic cheese grater, which promptly explodes. Riveting. Bold, bold storytelling. That's, that's a David Wise joint. Now, I think it's possible that the episodes are out of order on Turtlepedia and that the DVD order is correct. Been doing some digging here, okay? Phantom of the Sewers, November 14th. Donatello trashes Slash, October 10th. Leonardo is missing November 28th. The next four episodes, October 31st, October 31st, December 19th, December 28th. It could be the production order. Could be. I don't know. I didn't write Turtlepedia. Who knows? Anyway, this next episode, Leonardo is missing. Season 6, episode 12. Originally aired November 28th, 1992, allegedly. And written by the late, great David Wise. So all the guys have gone to the arcade, except for Leo, who is reading, and Splinter, who is meditating. Suddenly, a distress signal goes off. Leo goes to investigate and winds up accidentally knocking over a bunch of stuff in Don's lab. He takes a scanner and goes to look for the source of this distress signal. The other turtles come home to find Leo missing and go out to find him. Meanwhile, in the Arctic... Krang has detected a massive energy source just outside the city and is planning to use it to power his hyperthruster to move the Earth off its axis. Back to the turtles who, in their search for Leo, come across Bebop and Rocksteady raiding a bubblegum factory to steal the baseball cards that the bubblegum is packaged with. Bebop and Rocksteady get the upper hand and overhear the turtles talking about how Leo is missing. They head back to the Technodrome, where Shredder uses Krang's holographic projector to make Bebop look like Leo in hopes of tricking the turtles. Bebop and Rocksteady, disguised as Leo, uh, go to wreak havoc on the city to distract the turtles while Shredder and Krang go to find the energy source. They find it in a quarry underground in some kind of weird tank machine. Krang steals an energy crystal to power his hyperthruster. Don, Raph, Mike, and Splinter do a little ninja astral plane ritual to try and find Leo, but the vision they see is some dinosaurs in astronaut costumes running through a tunnel. Uh, both the turtles and your host, Keith, are very confused by this. The turtles hear from April that Leo has been spotted on a giant TV downtown, having taken over a news station. The turtles head there to find Bebop and Rocksteady. They defeat the punks, who then lead them to the weird underground tank thing where Shredder and Krang found the energy source. The turtles approach the tank, only to be accosted by dinosaurs in astronaut costumes. Luckily, Leo is with them. He explains that these dinosaurs are ones that survived extinction by hiding out in the center of the Earth, and now they seek to help other endangered species. The signal he received was from them. One of the dinosaurs, Spiga, explains that they were on their way to get an endangered flower when they broke their drilling tank, and Leo helped them find the endangered flower and get some parts to repair their vehicle from a nearby junkyard. Unfortunately, they can't seem to find their power supply because Krang stole it. Uh, luckily, the turtles are able to follow Bebop and Rocksteady back to the hyperthruster, which Krang is about to activate. The turtles attack, but they're overpowered by Bebop, Rocksteady, and a legion of foot soldiers. The dinosaurs aren't helping, saying that it's their creed to never hurt another living thing. Uh, Leo stabs one of the foot soldiers in the chest, showing that the robots... And then the dinosaurs go bananas on the foot soldiers, just ripping them to shreds. 
Donatello is able to get the power crystal out of the hyperthruster and wire the hyperthruster to a nearby lamppost, frying it. The bad guys retreat, the dinosaurs make their way back to the center of the earth, and the turtles go home. Splinter tells Leo, you know, you should probably leave a note next time you decide to leave the lair without telling anyone. The end. Man. Just a nice, neat little bow at the end of that. Right? What it what an amazing riveting story. Ah, uh, so let's talk about some things in that second time around. Okie dokie. Hey, nice junk. So uh episode number ten, Phantom of the Sewers. This is the third Phantom of the Opera inspired episode we've had in this series. <laughs> it <laughs> really is. It's at least the second. What's uh, <clears throat> so there's what there was the Phantom of the Floxy. Yeah, that's the one that had uh, that that singing guy in it that plays the piano that Howie, crushes right? yeah. Howie. Yeah, Howie. That's yeah, his can, name, Howie. You can't forget Howie. I'm not trying to remember his name. I'm not good the names. Phantom was an alien? Yeah, that was a crazy one. What's the other Was one? that also a David Wise episode? I believe so. Oh, man. And then there, there was a third one. There was a second one because I remember being like, this is the second one, and now this is the third one. But I can't remember what it was, but there there is definitely I think I think the Shredder was the Phantom in one of them. In one of their like Phantom inspired episodes. See now I wish I would have done like just was like that a hair more research before. I think that might have this. been the same episode. I think that might have been the same crane. one. Or yeah, because wasn't Shredder like wasn't that wasn't he trying to be the, the Phantom, but then it turned out there was also an alien who was the Phantom? Oh, I can't it's remember. Been so long. That that's Minus Maestro, please, is the episode, season four, episode eleven, written by Martin Pasco. Okay. So not a David Wise episode. Gotcha. What was it? I knew what it was last week when we when we mentioned this episode, and now I've totally forgotten it. All right. Well, while you ruminate on that, uh, Willy Wombat, a clear, clearly inspired by the popular franchise Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. <laughs> And not the other way around. And not the other way around. I, I do have that in my notes. Is that it's kind of <laughs> wild that this episode existed way before Five Nights at Freddy's ever did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, showbiz pizza and um, yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. So Chuck E. Cheese and Alberto. Yeah, Alberto right. is Alberto's like a good update of this and. Um, that's minus, heavily that's heavily the the five nights at freddy's influence minus yeah. the phantom yeah but did y'all notice that like usually when don tiller tracks something he has like a reason like or like some way it works the tracker works like even that last episode with the phantom uh he had like a machine that like could detect the phantom's mask or something but this one he just like pulls out he's like this one tracks the phantom and like none of the guys are like but how you know <laughs> Like it's just gotten to that point. He just has a tracker for everything. Yeah. Well, because he has that. Because then there's that tracker in Leonardo is missing that he winds up using. Yeah. Is trackers. that the same track? But it's not the same tracker. Right. All right, guys. I'm going to have to retract my earlier statement. This is, I guess, only the second Phantom of the Opera episode <laughs> in this whole right. series. Only the second. Well, so only far. the only went so far. Yes, <laughs> <Right>. so far. 
Because there, let's be real, there probably is another one. Yeah, there's probably another Three Musketeers episode. There's probably another Brain Swap episode. I mean, like every series has one, but man, when when you've got two, you know that they were just they were out of ideas. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think our theory of they kind of just forgot a lot of episodes that they wrote already yeah i mean they weren't watching all of these you know they didn't know i mean there's no there's no continuity person yeah that's all i've got for that one me too yeah me three there wasn't like a ton of like references or like fun things in the background or anything other than just willy wombat's clearly chuck e cheese yeah all right so episode 11 then Donatello trashes slash no crank no shredder in this episode. No yeah. crank no shredder. Uh, there's there's a part there's a fourth wall break when um the turtles are all talking about like the last time they saw Slash in the episode like Slash the turtle the evil turtle from Dimension X, mm-hmm. which they say uh which Donatello like says like verbatim at one point which was funny yeah um. But then, like, they, we, he's like, yeah, we haven't seen him in a long time. And Michelangelo goes, yeah, episode 74. I checked. That was actually episode 80, not 74. Well, I imagine that no one actually knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think <laughs> this is also, this is at least the second time they've named or they've dropped an episode number and it was wrong. Yeah. But this one was actually pretty close. So. Yeah. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They at least got it in the same season. <laughs> right. Within, a, within uh, you know, a week's worth of episodes of each other. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I think it was just, it was there for the joke. I, know, I don't think anyone was ever planning on reproducing these as, as like full collections of the whole series as DVDs. You know, you did have like the VHS things, but. Yeah, but they, had, they didn't do no Yeah. Yeah. Um, Could you imagine this would be like if they published my like notes from English in high school, yeah. <laughs> like for everyone to see forever for the rest of our lives? Like, oh god, what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, let's see. Another thing that I noticed is in this slash gets smarter, kind of like he did in IDW. In IDW, he starts out you know more animalistic and not as intelligent, and then he becomes intelligent. And so that must've been where IDW got that storyline from was from this idea. So they kind of mixed this with the, the Archie version of slash into a new thing. That Tom Waltz, man, just, just cherry picking great ideas out of other series and making them his own. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, So we mentioned last time that, like the writers aren't watching other episodes. In in this episode, Michelangelo says there's no such thing as an animalizer ray. It's the ray that turns burn and burn into turtles. Uh-huh. But Michelangelo himself was turned into a gerbil by Baxter's Stockman's Mutazoo ray. I was gonna say, like, we've seen at least two animalizer rays. Yeah. You know, there was also the um the one ray that turned everybody like into scared rabbits. Like it didn't turn them into animals, but it gave them like the attributes of bunny rabbits right is like, is there a ray we haven't seen a uh, hip hip hooray yeah that one um <laughs> sugar ray leonard <laughs> sugar ray the band the band yeah every morning there's a <laughs> yeah 
We have seen Ray Bans. They wear them with their uh, like street clothes and yeah. things, right? Yeah. Uh, I think there was so like Donatella like hears on the news report that there's um, a giant like a giant turtle with a spaceship in Midtown, and his first thought is Slash, not the turtle that he knows is in a spaceship who has visited them twice by now. Kerma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I was honestly really surprised that like he went straight to Slash and not Kerma. That is odd. Yeah, like especially because well, we be just trash and everything though, you know. Well, I mean, he yeah, but I mean, Kerma's done stupid stuff by accident too. That's true. And like he knows Kerma is in a spaceship. Well, I mean, and granted, and granted, like he knows, like he because the last place they left Slash was in his spaceship, which like. Calling it the space cow was really like I was like space cow is cuddly here. <laughs> um, yeah, it yeah, was a so, trash ship, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's like it's it's basically like a trash hauler, like intergalactic one. Which it, I wasn't here for the last uh, slash episode that you guys did, so I didn't know that he was on that ship. Oh yeah, yeah, he flies through a portal to Dimension X, which means that either he flew all the way back from dimension X or he found a portal somehow. The portal he went through, like just like the way he came out was pointing back towards earth instead of away from earth. And so now he's just continuing on his way to Earth a long way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Cause then he, well, he came which out like, inside the like... technodrome, didn't he? Cause when the, I... didn't he come out inside the technodrome and like launch all the trash at shredder and, Oh, he did. Did he come back for? Did he have two more episodes before this? I thought it was just the one. No, he hasn't. It was he hasn't just been, the one. This is the first time he's been back, and then he'll okay. come back. He'll come back for Night of the Rogues. Well, he was he was mutated in the Technodrome, and then he finally gets that spaceship. And there was that guy trying to like build underground condos or something. Oh my god, that's in right. In the background, yeah, that was the whole thing. But then Slash gets in the ship and takes off into space at some point because he t- steals it and he's going to go. Yeah, he, so he takes off into space and then somehow or another, I think he hits a portal back to Dimension X and, and gets back in the Technodrome. And like, I, if I remember right, he like dumps all the garbage on the Shredder and Krang and then his ship like busts through the Technodrome wall and he keeps going. I could be, I very much could be misremembering that, but that, that's how I remember it at least. Well, it sounds like I missed a doozy of an episode. Oh, oh man. It's, yeah, it's probably a David Weiss episode. It, I, I almost guarantee you it's a David Weiss episode. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's got the, the plotting someone. So, well, and, and so as we, we joke that like David Wise is famous for cramming as many plots in the, into episodes as he can, this only has one. There's no B plot. Yeah. yeah, that that was my favorite part about this episode. I this to me this was the strongest episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But we're not at that section yet. Yeah. Uh, so and then just another thing I uh, found perusing Turtlepedia, uh, clips from this episode were highlighted in an episode of I Love the Eighties on the old VH1 show. I used to uh, love that show. Me too. Um, so this was highlighted on their uh um this was highlighted on their episode for the year 1988 uh which is weird for a couple reasons uh namely that this episode didn't air until 1992 (laughs) uh and so i I tried like 
trying to figure out like why this episode specifically and so i looked up like when did slash first appear and slash didn't appear until like 1990 um in, in the toy line and in the and in the show and then like ash didn't or slash didn't appear in the comic until like 92 um and then like i was like but why like 1988 and then i was just kind of like oh they probably just got the year that the show premiered yeah what's weird i was i was like maybe that came out on vhs and like that was the only vhs the producer had or something but this episode didn't get a vhs release either no there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff weird about that well are we ready for uh leonardo is missing yeah so this episode must take place before this season right because the technodrome is in the arctic it's not underwater so Turtlepedia specifically says um, this episode should serve as the season opener uh, because the Technodrome is still trapped in the ice. Ah, there we go. It definitely wasn't just a continuity error. <laughs> no. <laughs> where they forgot when they were making the yeah. episode where it was. Or it was something that was in production before and then the rest of the season the season came out and they were like, oh, well, uh, just error it. Yeah, we can't uh, we can't edit those static scenes whatsoever. Just air it. Um, speaking of weird continuity things, though, and and again, like the writers not watching other episodes. These are the second race of dinosaurs that live in the center of the Earth and use crystals as power sources that we've met. There, yeah. there are also those in Turtles of the Earth's core, but they didn't talk. They were just regular dinosaurs. Yeah, no, I I, I thought that exact same thing. I was like. I don't know. I guess these could also be living in the center of the earth this whole time with, you know, they just were in a different part of the center of the earth. The center of the earth sounds wonder. like a very small place though, like geographically, <laughs> but I, maybe it's bigger than I think. I don't know. Wasn't like the technodrome, like in the center of the earth at one point too. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> so it's like, they should have like run into each other. What was great. Well, and it was in the center of the earth and then they drilled up to the other center of the earth and built like another smaller technodrome that the dinosaurs destroyed. Yeah. So yeah, the center of the earth is just enormous apparently. It's uh did you guys see uh Godzilla versus Kong a couple years yeah. ago? Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's that's it's that hollow earth theory. Yeah, the hollow earth theory. That's exactly what I was actually thinking about that too. <laughs> I, I love that movie for for just the pure giant monsters fighting each other like the, that it is. the fight on the battleship is really cool yeah like i i just i am totally down to see kong and godzilla fight a robot godzilla and each other and it, it's just awesome yeah. anyway uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to see it and it came in <laughs> it's on hbo max now i think well the, i am staying up late yeah <laughs> uh i could not figure out the accent that rob paulson was doing for spiga yeah it's weird <laughs> it's 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 such a weird accent it's like not quite british like not quite like northeastern like american but yeah yeah it's weird um let's see when bebop and rocksteady uh, attack the bubblegum factory rocksteady is excited to get an authentic nolan ryan card yeah nolan ryan is to this day the mlb le leader in no hitters uh 
yeah so i thought that was just weird in general because like nolan ryan is a real person yeah he and, and he played for the mets which means rocksteady could be a mets fan and we know uh, he also he also played i mean nolan ryan is a very famous like baseball player yeah um he played for the mets he played for the california angels back before they were the anaheim angels uh the houston astros the texas rangers like, he played for like 40 like he was still playing when this show came out yeah i remember i remember the first baseball game i went to the program was nolan ryan oh cool like i don't think he i can't remember if he played for the angels during that time he didn't Let's look it up he's like he know he stopped playing in 79 <laughs> so i would have gone i would have gone during his texas rangers years ah okay because yeah, he played from like like sixty five or something until ninety some. Like he yeah, played. So he like played. He played years. from sixty six. He played in in the major league. He played. He played from sixty six all the way to ninety three. That's so I would have. I would have gone in the early nineties. So the program I got was probably like his retirement one. Hmm. But yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah. So Rocksteady at this point. Could be a fan of any one of those four teams <laughs> right but yeah it is so it just it was just funny like hearing that name because like it's it's just such a random like real person reference which the show doesn't do real people right yeah no i mean it does it, like it had that one like spoof of donald trump at some point but like, but yeah, like, but he wasn't Donald Trump. But he, he wasn't was Donald Trump. Yeah, he had a different what, name. Something Crump yeah. or something, right? Yeah, it was something yeah. Crump or other. Like, this is like, they just straight up name dropped a real person, which was the first time like they've done that in the show, which is why it like stuck out so weird. Yeah, no, that's true. Fair enough. Well, that's all I've got. Me too. We ready to talk about some anchovies? Sure thing. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Alrighty. So my first anchovy is this is the second Phantom of the Opera episode in the series. <laughs> it's definitely not. I mean, it feels like it feels like the third, really. It feels like really, yeah. It does feel like it all third. out. It feels like I could third. have sworn there was another one in there, but I can't find it. So I guess I was wrong. Well, we've we've had two episodes of three right. different phantoms, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't anyway. The fact is, is this series has two Phantom of the Opera episodes, which is already too, too many. But, you know, I'll allow one since most kids shows have a Phantom of the Opera episode. <laughs> I was confused through most of this episode. And like we get all the way through Act One and I was still like, why is any of this happening? Like nothing was being explained. Why did the Phantom need like all this hydroelectric power? And why like the first time we see him, he's like digging or like making concrete or something and yeah, like he's explain why he's, he's doing that. Yeah, he's got a concrete mixer there, but yeah, it doesn't explain it. He's just there doing that so they can follow him, 
And then, yeah, for some reason, he's flooding the sewers, which I guess was maybe a part of his plan to just sink the place where his robots are that he loves, maybe as revenge, maybe. And he was and he was like specifically like sealing up some of the tunnels that the turtles like use. Yeah. And he's got he's got hydroelectric power going on. So maybe he's flooding it so that he could power his place down there that seemed like it was already doing okay. I yeah, it was he powering because the place had torches. I I I mean, but then those torches shot fireballs and then (laughs) and then they shot what was it like spears or something after that? Yeah. Yeah. When you say it out loud, it sounds like nonsense, but I swear we watched the episode. (laughs) I know it sounds like something that you know you'd see like playing an NES video game or something. Yeah, it's very Castlevania. Very Castlevania, yeah. You know, because there's only so many shapes you can animate and put things. So yeah, your enemies yeah. end up being torches and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Also, man, this episode was just so guilty of... Because often characters will leap to conclusions in this series. A lot of that in this. But then also at other moments, they take forever to put two and two together. Where it's just so painstakingly slow like obviously if you can just guess that the phantom is bogart the ex-partner then you should be able to guess that the owner was the one robbing the places with the robots because he's got them under control and he's acting suspicious and doesn't want any attention on his thing like you you can you can put that mystery together but they take forever to get around to that it takes so much work to get to there but they're able to like leap to conclusions at all these other moments and just jump places it just, I don't know. It, it just yeah. makes for weird pacing, I guess. Well, even like the guy that owns the robots now doesn't seem to know who the Phantom is. But it also sounds like the Phantom has attacked from the same trap door at least like four times. Now. Yeah. He's like, got an elevator. Down. Yeah, he's got an elevator. <laughs> that goes follow up him back the... down <laughs> yeah. to his torch riddled lair and figure out who he is. Yeah. Maybe he's already been like, you know, shot at by torches and doesn't want to mess with it anymore. I, yeah. I don't know. Don't go down there, man. The spears shoot torches, and I'm like, guy, you, you guys to stop drinking, man. It's it's getting real bad. <laughs> Got to be more than just alcohol. If you're seeing, if you're seeing that, <laughs> right? Uh, my my other issue is, and like it came back in episode twelve. Don's tracking device, like Leo was looking for it in episode twelve, and but it's here in episode ten as well. He should have just has a device that seems to just be able to track whatever he wants it to track it'll just tell him where it is yeah what a what a crazy like why do they have any problems with anything ever yeah (laughs) like what a great way to just avoid having to explain everything (laughs) or you know just an easy mcguffet to be like let's take our characters right to the problem without having to like waste time with them trying to figure out where they are stupid (laughs) that's it i'm done now I've had my fun. <laughs> Same, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys kind of covered everything for me too. So, uh, Donatello trashes Slash. Yeah. What do they uh, do with Slash at the end? Do they just miss it, or they just put him back on the ship and send him back into space again? Oh, okay. So yeah. this definitely won't happen again, is what I'm hearing. Nope. Never. Yeah, he'll never show back up again. Cool. Also. Slash was never malicious in his first episode. Like he just really seemed like misunderstood and like he was just trying to like be alone 
and get away like why is it suddenly when he's smart he just like comes back and wants to take over the world like where where did that come from because he never he never showed like it's okay if he's smarter now because he you know got smartened by those other people but he doesn't have the same personality anymore either like he before he just wanted to be like left alone just took off went somewhere now he he uh, just wanted his binky yeah, like he, yeah. he just wanted his binky. He just wanted to to be out there on his own. And uh, now suddenly he wants to take over the world. Like By he wasn't really evil. into turtles. Yeah. yeah, like he wasn't really evil before, but now suddenly he's evil because he's smart. Now he actually is evil and wants to take over the world by turning people into turtles. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It just... Seems like crazy, weird mischaracterization. I feel like that rated a lot more than just make him more intelligent. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah, again, it's like like they read the title of the last episode. And we're like, oh, well, he's evil, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. My other note on this is that so Slash is supposed to be super intelligent, right? He he hooks up his animalized array to the satellite dish, and he's also apparently put jetpacks on the satellite dish. So he launches the jetpacks. He starts saying goodbye in a bunch of other languages, right? But he says bonjour, which is hello, not goodbye. That's all. <laughs> Maybe he's not super smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, his plan was to steal a satellite dish to turn everyone into turtles so that he could be the top turtle. I don't know. Yeah, that's all I've got. Honestly, not one of not one of the worst uh, plans that we've seen on this show. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess you're right, but I feel like that really says a lot about the plans that, that we end up hearing about in this show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Leonardo is missing. Their plan is like, like the turtles, the turtles don't even know what's going on. But they're like, we have to send Bebop and Rocksteady to make a distraction so that we can do whatever it is we're going to do. And the thing that leads the turtles to Krang and Shredder doing whatever it is that they're going to do is the fact that they sent Bebop and Rocksteady as a distraction. Just yeah. in case, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, speaking of, let's uh, move on to that episode. Yeah. So there's an anchovy. And another one, I bring this up all the time. No one in this show can hold on to their turtle comm. Everything is avoided if Leonardo doesn't drop his turtle comm. Scene one. Done. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to do that so that there can be a problem, though, and that's why they do it. (laughs) I understand, but I hate it. (laughs) But I do also find it funny that they, like, painstakingly take the time to do that so that you can't say, why don't they have the turtle comm? But they will then continue to make all sorts of things but make you go like, well, why didn't they just do this? Yeah, right. <laughs> why didn't Donatello just use his tracker to be like, I'll use this to find Leonardo? Like, they have they have not well, bothered Because Leonardo shoot. had the tracker. Okay, fair. Fair. But, but they have not bothered to shore up so many plot holes. Why is this the one that they always make sure they have covered? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> At this point, why did they introduce the turtle comms, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was thinking I was thinking about it like and so they they bring out like Frank's like holographic uh I forget what, what was it called again? The holographic 
uses a holographic projector, right? Something like that. Yeah, he just has some sort of holographic imaging thing placed over him by him, which they've used before. Yeah. Um, but it's like the the city knows the turtles pretty well. So it's like Raphael like running around, um doing or uh Leonardo running around doing bad things, like people know that he's with the turtles, so it's like he's running around with Rocksteady is is kind of weird and it's like nobody says anything about that like nobody thinks it's weird that he's running around with rock city and it's like we always hear about like how the city knows who bebop and rocks or knows who the turtles are, but they don't know like bebop and rock city we're often like actually no i thought thinking about it now bebop and rock city are usually a lot more stealthy than the turtles are yeah yeah, I feel like the city does actually probably see them less than they see the turtles. Yeah, now that you now that I'm now that I'm like saying it all out loud, that makes perfect sense. It goes back to like, do they do people even know who the turtles are? Yeah. So uh, one of my other things is there's this whole fight in the gum factory with Bebop and Rocksteady. And there's this moment where, like, Donatello gets his hands on this gum hose, which is, like, whatever. He sprays gum on Rocksteady. But then, like, Raphael takes a wad of gum and puts it on the hose. like, And then the, it blows a bubble when, like, this thing is already shooting gum. And I just, I hate it. <laughs> because it should just shoot more gum. It shouldn't be inflating something else you just stuck on the gum shooting hose. What what I don't is know. it about a, a a bubble of bubble gum full of other bubble gum that confuses you? Because <laughs> it, it's not full of other bubble gum; it fills it with air. <laughs> there, there was no switch to switch the hose to air hose. You know, I, oh, let's switch it over to the air. I was gonna right, say, so I was gonna say, I was gonna say, no, Spencer, it makes perfect sense. But now that you've deconstructed it, you're right. Like, it's not an air hose; it, it's still the it's still a gum hose it's still a gum hose <laughs> so like so it doesn't like inflate some gum <laughs> into a bubble like it, it would just make a bigger i guess gum blob i i don't know anyway it it just bugs me it still does i can't get over it <laughs> uh also don like plugs this thruster into another power source to like blow it up it's like how will it handle this power and it's like are we really getting more power off of the grid and then we are these power crystals that krang needed so badly yeah and it it blows it up and also isn't that kind of risky because it could potentially just make that thing blast even harder than it was supposed to, even if it was a little bit more and it would just go out really quickly and still knock the earth out of orbit. Anyway, I didn't yeah. like that. Or or take power away from the entire city. Or Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is just another episode where someone is disguised as one of the turtles or splinter. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's a whole lot of body swapping or disguising and getting characters mixed up and having plans revolving around that. Just, just seen it a lot in this series. <laughs> it's cheaper than making another character. We just change their voice, right? There you go. Yeah, just have someone else voice it. I had Boy. one. I totally forgot. I totally forgot it. Oh well. Okay. So, so uh, 
how you were saying in like one in when we were talking about Phantom, how like the turtles like don't realize like nobody realizes who the bad guy is, even though like it's painfully obvious. Like everybody shows up to uh, Channel Six, like the other the other turtles are like they know this Leonardo is Bebop. Like Donatello very specifically like says, "Hey, that sounds like Bebop." Mm-hmm. And then when they get there, Michelangelo's and then like when uh, Bebop tackles him and changes back from like Leonardo to in, into Bebop, Michelangelo is like stunned. How could this like, happen? You were Bebop the whole time, and yeah, it's Michael like it, Michelangelo just wasn't paying attention at all. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah like he just, he, yeah. he was just along for the ride, just definitely not paying attention. At all. It's like me watching this episode. Right? <laughs> he's looking around. He's like, I'm just gonna punch who you punch. We'll, we'll call it good. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just waiting for my next pizza. Pizza. Oh God. Man, we should have we should have written for this season. I swear. <laughs> yeah, all like right. ultimately, ultimately, like Phantom of the Sewers. I watched I watched that two days ago, um, while I was like I was at the gym, and then by the time I watched everything today, or the other two episodes today, I had already forgotten that episode like entirely. Yeah. Pretty forgettable. If I didn't have to summarize it, I I would have forgotten it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let's talk about the things that we did like about these episodes now. Oh, I love being a turtle. All righty, so back to the Phantom of the Sewers. Uh, I feel like this episode didn't I didn't have too many side plots as well. Like this one was fairly focused. Like it did have like a weird, dumb twist at the end where it's like, oh, I'm not actually just figured I. I just have paint on my face. Uh, it was, but like it didn't, I don't know, it didn't have like a whole ton of side plots. Like there was an A plot and a B plot and they both kind of led into each other and had to, you know, so kind of just was like, felt like all like it was one plot. I didn't mind it. It wasn't as crazy as most David Wise episodes, mm. I guess I should say. True. <laughs> I do like there was this part where uh, uh, the Phantom mentions that like the robot the animatronic robots were like his children and the turtles just kind of glaze over the fact that they just like blew up three of them. Yeah. <laughs> but in their, in their defense, like he, after they're blown up, he's, he's not too shaken up. Right. Them. Right. But they just like, Oh yeah, that's interesting. Hey, uh, where do you think uh, we should go next? Yeah. Just like quickly change the subject. <laughs> Is that all we got for that episode? I think I, so. Yeah. I guess right, so. Yeah. Dontello trash slash. I, I really liked this episode. Honestly. It was it was fun. It was definitely like the strongest of the three. Yeah. Yeah. It, cool to see Slash come back. That made him like a pretty legit threat. I thought it was good. Yeah. And because the other thing about it is that even though I kind of said it was a mischaracterization, at least the name Evil Turtle from Dimension X fits now. Right. And he's also less annoying as a character than than he was in his original appearance. So I do like that they kind of made him smarter uh, to do things. It wasn't bad. It was a fun episode to watch. He's got some cool weapons too, like that that sweet like purple gun dealie that like splits into four different directions. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like his little backpack, which right. did come with the NECA figure. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that splitting gun. Hmm. I don't think it actually split though on the NECA figure. Oh bummer. I'm sure if you try it hard enough, it would split. All <laughs> right, are we ready for Leonardo is missing? Yeah. I loved all of like the little like there were so many like little weird like <laughs> line readings um that just absolutely cracked me up in this one. Like somebody's explaining the plot to Raph and he's like, What? <laughs> um there's at the end uh when um they're talking about uh when bebop and rock city are like talking about like how the one of the turtles is missing and they're like oh that should be easy then like as long as they don't show up and then they're like what if the what if the other three show up with dinosaurs and Craig's just like get them yeah <laughs> just, Craig's just like get them. just just the <laughs> flattest delivery get them <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Bebop like trying to like act like a turtle. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, my name's Leonardo Cowabingo. <laughs> like this episode, this episode was honestly on fire with like the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, wherever they may have come from, there's just something about the dinosaurs that I just liked that was just neat. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just like seeing dinosaurs walking around on two legs and firing lasers and stuff. I If they made a spinoff series about these dinosaurs just doing Captain Planet things of like saving endangered species and plants and stuff and going around the world and doing it, I would watch yeah. it. I, I like half it. expected. <laughs> I, I half expected that to not like them. Cause I was like, these could have just been the Triceratons when I first like saw them. Mm-hmm. And so I was yeah. kind of getting annoyed. Like, no, oh, this could have just been the Triceratons. Oh, this just could have been the Triceratons. And then when they actually like explained their whole, de- whole deal and everything, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. They can't be the Triceratons. And then I wound up liking them. Yeah. And there's something about them being in their spacesuits that reminds me of like, we only had the first book of the series. <laughs> But there was like a book I read where apparently dinosaurs, like they didn't go extinct. They just evolved and they took off in spaceships and are living on other planets now. And that's what it was about. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, that I that I read as a kid. And we didn't have any, we only had the first book in the series. But, you know, start a Stegosaurus and he's like at the control panels of a ship. So like their spacesuits just looked like that. It reminded me of that. And so maybe there's just a bit of nostalgia there for whatever reason that it triggered. But I don't know. I just, I just like dinosaurs doing stuff. It's fun. I have a, a show that you might like. It's not dinosaurs rescuing uh, endangered species, but there was a show called Eek the Cat. I'm the extreme you know dinosaurs. Yeah. The terrible thunder lizards. Oh, that's, on the, that's right. Oh, the terrible. I was thinking of the extreme dinosaurs, the actual show. Yeah, no, but there was Partner a segment in Ghostbusters. The cat. Yeah, the terrible thunder lizards. Yeah, and there were like there were like three mercenary dinosaurs who had just escaped mm. from jail or something. And oh man, it was hilarious oh, when man. I was eight, and I'm sure it held up. I great. used to hate <laughs> the terrible thunder lizards. Really? Um, I just I because I I liked Eek the Cat, and I liked Clutter, the like the other show that was on Eek the Cat. Oh yeah, and just like terrible thunder lizards was just. So like just played so often and I didn't like it because it was like the same joke all the time. But as I got older, I realized terrible thunder lizards was actually really good. <laughs> yeah. 
I so I just googled it. Corey Feldman's a voice in it. So there's your, you know, three or what six steps from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he uh was um Bo Diddley. Okay. Or, or Squat, the uh the sniper. Cool. Only only towards the end of the show, uh Jason Priestley, you know, famous for Beverly Hills 90210, was <laughs> squat before Corey Feldman. <laughs> All right, there we go. But Kurt Wood Smith, you know, um, from that '70s show and RoboCop, um, who played you know Boddicker, um, you know, I'll kick your ass, yeah. you know, from that '70s show, uh, was General Galapagos. Like the, the show, like had so much going for it, and then like um, the two humans, uh, is Bill was the tall one. And then what was it? Scooter was the other one. I do not remember that well. Um. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, I used to I used to not like the show, and then like as I got older, I was like, this show is actually really funny. So, um, God, I wish I wish it was somewhere where you could watch it. Oh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Huh. But yeah, t- terrible Thunder Lizard, Spencer. Terrible Thunder Lizards. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the dinosaurs. The other thing yeah. These like... dinosaurs are nothing like the terrible. <laughs> no. Yeah. Lizards. But, but the I don't complete know. Complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But man, they're funny. <laughs> but like speaking of them being the complete opposite, there's that whole moment where they're just like, oh, we won't harm any living creature, or any living thing. And they're like, well, these are robots. And there's something like, oh, really? And they just immediately <laughs> just they go just into just rip the, ripping the them apart. And they're having like the best time. Just yeah. Like, like the they've waited like speaker, millions of years like, to just like kill something. He <laughs> like chomps down on a foot soldier like pretty graphically. Then like the other one like throws them in the air. <laughs> they're like exploding and stuff. And they just seem like yeah. they're having the best time doing it too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny. Are they like still... Um... So, like, if they don't harm other creatures and then, like, speak as a T-Rex, like, do they still eat meat or has, like, Spiga converted to vegetarianism? I think that, you know, some of their, like, ability to do everything is just, you know, they've evolved and they've just evolved into not, I guess, eating to eat yeah. meat. This is, Same. well, it, it's possible he's saving these species to breed them to eat exotic meats. <laughs> you know, that is a little bit darker than <laughs> than I would have picked. Yeah, it, but I maybe shouldn't write kids cartoons. Uh, maybe maybe he just, you know, eats hamburgers and stuff and it's like <laughs> I didn't harm him, someone else did. Right. You know. <laughs> You're the ones who threw all your trash in the center of the earth. I'm just solving a problem. <laughs> I'm just solving a problem here. <laughs> he just finds roadkill, you know, stuff that's been hit by a car, you know, right. but like just recently. Yeah, he's a scavenger. <laughs> Uh, this episode has what is now possibly my favorite animation error where like uh, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello they come across this giant tank and the dinosaurs are running at them. And then it shows the dinosaurs, it goes back to the three turtles and instead of Michelangelo it's Leonardo. But like the whole episode is called Leonardo is Missing. I'm like guys, he's right there. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> it cracked me up. Good stuff. So three not bad David Wise episodes in a row. Yeah. All righty. We going to talk about the news? I think so. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. 
So in the news this week, uh, well, really, I mean, it started last week. We've talked about it before. Uh, the Holothon event at Target uh, has been going on. That started on February 26th. As we record this on March 2nd, uh, some items are going to have gone up on Target.com uh, that you can pre-order. We don't know which ones yet will be there, but it'll be one of the new things that are there. Um, some things that have been popping up that uh, we didn't list off last week are uh, Phantom Casey, Phantom of the Opera Casey. So there's your third Phantom, Spencer. No, ah, there we go. Uh, there it is. There it Phantom is. of the Opera Casey from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universal Monsters crossover line. Uh, that has been showing up for Holothon. And uh, Dreadmon the Arch from, the Archie, from the Archie line is showing up now. Oh, cool. So... Uh, we like again. We don't know which ones are going to go up on the website tomorrow. Uh, have you guys found anything for Holothon yet? I have not had a chance to stop at a Target. I they they're all kind of out of the way for me, so I really have to go out of my way to go to one. My one of my targets actually still has last year's Holothon stuff. So no, I, I should I should buy myself a Zog. I really should. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you deserve you. you, you you owe it to yourself. I, I owe it to myself to own a Zog yeah. or a Fugitoid. You know, I mean, the other thing I've been, I don't want to step on your toes with toy news, but I have been looking at those loyal subjects figures that have come out recently. Yeah. Uh, so those, those new uh, loyal subjects uh, figures that uh, we will get to in just a moment. Um, but yeah, Holothon for me. Uh, yeah, you definitely need to get that Zog because I have him. I opened him and he is just an impressive amount of plastic. Just just insane. Um and it's it's really exciting to have that figure in hand and just kind of see just kind of see stuff that you don't really see very often in the in the Turtles toy lines. You know. Um and it's it's a little bit better than I would have expected from a NECA figure. So uh, definitely pick that up. It's not Holothon exclusive, so you could so if you don't pick it up during the next couple of weeks while it's at Target, you can definitely pick it up at your local comic book store. Uh, what I did pick up uh, was Rex One. Uh, I picked up the black Do you love and white. Him as, as much as I thought you would love him. Uh, I have him right here. I was planning to open him while we were recording, uh, but that would be too noisy. So I'm not. Thank you. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, but he is he is right here on my desk. Uh, I I love the box. The from the P files of Pizza Squad, um, like tagline on the box is really funny. Uh, so I have that. I have the black and white Usagi, which a friend of mine. Uh, I think it was I think it was Gary Dolan from the TMNT uh, Party Wagon podcast. I think he did a repaint of it where he painted the, the top uh, tunic white um, and then did the polka dots from the comic. So it was more accurate. Oh, nice. I'm kind of thinking of asking him to do that for mine. And then when I see Stan Sakai at a comic book convention, I'll have him sign my box. And, be, and he'll be like, hey, how did you do that? And I'll be like, you know. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to... So, I got that. I got um, Mona, Lisa, and Dirk Savage. Awesome. Which I, 
I really originally had just wanted Mona, but I figure we're going to come up on the Dirk Savage episode, and it's kind of a pivotal episode for 87 because so many other like characters show up in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured he might be worth keeping. Um, and then, so I got that, that. Uh, I have not found the accessory set yet. That's the one I really want. Um, uh, and then I found uh, Jersey Red and the and Grunt, which I really Ooh. just wanted Jersey Red. <laughs> Who's Jersey Red? Joyzy Red. Oh, Joyzy Red. Yeah, okay. Joyzy Red. My bad. I was saying it wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I had to get the Joyzy Red figure, um, just for the novelty of it. It's just it's just wild that she exists in this toy line. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I picked up that. Uh. And yeah. So that is I think everything that I've picked up for Holothon so far. Oh, and the Shredder clones. Do you have the uh, the spiny one? The I did. My friend, yeah. my friend that I uh, often trade NECA figures with, was able to give me um, his loot crate uh, claw shredder. So I do have all three shredder clones. Nice. But yeah, as of now, the only one I've opened is Zog. Uh, and like I said, he's just a very impressive piece of plastic. Um, and I'm very excited to open up Rex One next. Uh, so yeah, so that is going on at Target right now. Um, your stores will probably if they have not put out the section yet they probably are going to um it's kind of been a slow rollout like it started on sunday my store didn't put things out until tuesday so just kind of don't be mean to your target employees but then also keep checking target websites every friday uh items are going to go up at 6 a.m pacific time so yeah just do the math and that's your local time when they'll go up on target.com the next bit of toy news, uh, we tweeted about it a while ago, um, but the toy book um, magazine, like online magazine, uh, got an exclusive reveal from uh, Loyal Subjects, who do the best action toy line. They're going to be doing a line that is very much inspired by the IDW comics, uh, with a small subline of turtles that come riding on some cool motorcycles designed by IDW artist Matthias Santiloco. Woohoo! They look awesome. Yeah, they yeah. look really cool. Um they there's so it says that they're part of the best the best action line. Um so they're going to be probably in that like 5 inch scale. Uh they come on like some motorcycles. I think the motorcycles are reused between Leonardo and Raf. Those were the first two figures that were revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, they said Michelangelo and Donatello are coming. However, unfortunately, the bad news for this line is that they are exclusives. Uh, so Raphael is going to be exclusive to Target stores, and Leonardo is going to be exclusive to Walmart stores. So is Michelangelo going to be exclusive to like Home Depot? Hobby Lobby? <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, Spencer, you took the joke right yeah, out of was, my mouth. That was a pretty good joke. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's amazing. <laughs> but then where would Donatello be exclusive to? Both Target and Walmart? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Who has purple? Uh, I don't know. There's any stores that do purple anymore? There's that mattress purple. Yeah. Ma- uh, the, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, nah, anyway, uh, so yeah, so that so check out um, 
we we posted the picture of it uh we i will probably post a link to that um toy uh, toy box article that you can go read um but it's it's really exciting um and i found out about that from our buddy cody so thank you again cody all right so in comic book news next week well not next week this next week from when we're recording but the day after this episode comes out <laughs> march 8th there will be a new issue out to find armageddon game the alliance number five will be out in comic book stores and ready to purchase digitally however you prefer to read your comics check it out also an update on the manhole cover in northampton that uh we've mentioned before that's like a tribute to the ninja turtles oh yeah um it's so it turns out that we may not be getting a manhole cover right in front of kevin eastman's house well you know not kevin eastman peter laird's old house uh that him and kevin eastman created the turtles at but instead we may be getting four manhole covers on main street of northampton uh oh that's cool which hopefully it's not too busy of a street otherwise you can't really get pictures but you know i guess that's fine i imagine that I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I imagine there's probably people that live in a neighborhood that don't want a whole bunch of people coming into their neighborhood and taking pictures with a thing. And I don't know. They probably just don't want tourists coming to their neighborhood. That's what my yeah. guess is why it's not happening there. But well, that's boring. It is boring. I agree <laughs> with you 100%. I honestly think that like little plot of land should just be turned into a park. Just just throw a couple of benches. You know, you don't even have to throw a statue of the turtles on there. Just put a plaque, you know. You don't have to, but you should. Call it a day. I mean, yeah, you should. But It's a a small town, though. It's only like 30,000 people. So you you could probably get pictures on Main Street, no problem. Probably. And, you know, there's, I mean, honestly, there's only going to be like, you know, maybe at most 50 weirdos like us that would, you know, actually go by there and get a picture, you know, (laughs) in my opinion. I could be yeah. wrong. Maybe there will be a massive, you know, pilgrimage that happens there. But Keith will I, take, I just don't see it happening. He will take his firstborn. Right. <laughs> dunk her in the sewer. <laughs> Lift the manhole cover. Dunk the child in the sewer. Right. Hey, you got a bab- you got a baptizer in that uh, right. Mirage Studios goodness. It's an yeah. anointing of the sewer, as it will become to known. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. We should do a road trip out there, and, and, and honestly, that would be a lot of fun. I, I steal some manhole covers. I want to. I mean, I have the address of the plot of land where the uh, the old Mirage House was. I want to visit it. Do you uh, really? I do. At one point, I do actually want to make it out there. Uh, just can you share it with us, just so I can see it on the on the old Google Maps? The street yeah, view, you know, I have a. Let's see here. Also, I found the farmhouse from the first movie. My dad and I visited it, so. I know where that is. If oh, the one in South Carolina? To, yeah, if we ever make it out to South Carolina, I know where that is. I think is. it's cool that they do um, screenings of the movie there. Yeah, I heard that. I like just they do, like them, a, they do them out on the lawn in front of the house. That's oh, really cool. cool. I, I just was trespassing, but that's a cool thing, too. Also, we, we have my sister-in-law, Aspen, to thank for the news of that. She sent me a thing in Messenger letting me know about that article so that's why we have that today to share thanks aspen yeah thanks aspen really i don't know if she listens to the show but i'll let her know we thanked her yeah (laughs) give her a shout out on it all you have to say is we talked about you on the podcast and that'll that'll get her 
You'd be surprised how often that works in getting people to listen to the show. Yeah. Just uh, I'll just send a personal message to everyone I can find <laughs> yeah. on the internet saying we talked about you on our podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. If only that worked on like famous guests that we want to get on the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Eastman's like, yeah, everyone talks about me on every podcast yeah. about the turtles ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Peter Laird's like, what's a podcast? <laughs> just just in the Facebook, just in the Facebook groups, just start like telling everyone yeah <laughs> every single post i see we talked about you on our podcast <laughs> right oh my god that would be fantastic i'm opening uh rex very silently uh and i think it's i i think it's funny because he, he remember when in that episode when he uh april like says like hold your tongue and he like literally sticks his tongue out and uh, yeah. holds it uh the figure comes with a tongue for you to do that right <laughs> amazing and i just think it's i I just thought it was really funny because i remember seeing in like one of the facebook groups uh people just like being really confused like what is this little gray triangle when was the last time you guys actually watched this show that's all i'm saying really he's only in two episodes before before you ask for a revival of your show watch all 198 episodes then you can ask for a revival all right yeah go because like because like everybody's like, and and to be fair, like I think a lot of the holothon figures, like people have been, I've I've seen a lot of people saying that like they're getting into characters I don't recognize, and then other others that are like, I have to have that figure now, and it's like, hey, how many people really care about like the Bebop and Rocksteady gang? Yeah, you know? about Joyzy Red. About Joyzy Red. Joyzy I mean, well, everybody should care about Joyzy Red. Um, she was in at least more episodes than the, all of the other gang members. Yeah. And she was from the other gang. Right. And so like, it's, it's just, I think it's just kind of weird that like so much of the fandom or like at least the toy collecting part of it has been like made it, they just made it their mission to like love all of these characters. And it's like, I, I know I joke that I love Hokum hair, but I, cause, but that's cause I genuinely do. And you can tell yeah. because I do a show like this every week. Yeah. Well, and like you, you can go ahead and love whatever character you want to love. Do it, do it as much as you yeah, want. Yeah. No, but, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying anybody yeah. can't love a character. But it's just, it's, it's just weird seeing. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not explaining myself correctly. Like, I, I don't know. Just, um, it's just weird people like suddenly just showing love out of nowhere for a character that no one even knew existed or remembered existed, yeah. except for maybe like five people, until there was a toy made of it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I wouldn't like, know half these characters if I wasn't on this podcast. Exactly. Well, I, mean, I love Ninja Turtles. And it's also like, yeah. we've talked about it before, like the Scratch figure um, from the old Playmates toy line and how that's like one of the like most sought after figures. And it's like, nobody cared about Scratch. Right. That's why it's one of the most sought after figures now. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, it's, it's one of the most sought after. People f- care about it. It's one of the most sought after yeah. figures because like people like know about the hype now. Yeah, well, that's the thing is because no one cared about it, no one bought it, so now it's rare, you know. But it's like, but even then, like Pixel Dan will tell you, it's not one of the most rare figures, huh? So, anyway, Pixel Dan, we talked about you on the show. Please, <laughs> please come on the show. Uh, Pixel Dan, we talked right, so about it's, you. It's on this the blue show and white house that you sent Spencer. That's the <laughs> that's the Mirage house. Yeah, just that picture, and it's got the the address on there. I just I screenshotted it because yeah, I didn't know cool. if I'd find it. But and it's All it's right. been torn down though. 
yeah, it has. It's just a lot. The, the house itself isn't the house. It's it's the, I think the the lot of land next to it. I don't know. Okay. And in movie news, uh, the TMNT Instagram, while talking about the Kids Choice Awards that are coming up this weekend, March fourth, uh, have kind of cheekily said that a trailer would be coming soon. Now. We talked about it before how uh, we were hoping for a trailer at like the Super Bowl because that was when like the Out of the Shadows trailer had dropped. Um, and that Nick is probably waiting for something that like is owned by Paramount to, to run uh, the trailer on for. So the Kids' Choice Awards would be a fantastic uh, venue for that. Um, kind of like how like the Game Awards, you know, they show off like new content and everything so um or like world premiere trailers like this would be the perfect opportunity for nick to show um the mutant mayhem trailer for uh it's not confirmed at all um just kind of an offhand comment by the the tmat social uh social media team so take that with a grain of salt i would like to think that it's going to be at the kids choice awards this weekend um, but also Jason over from uh, Turtle Recall, he and I were talking about it, and he thinks that uh, it might drop with the Mario movie, which is coming at the beginning of April. Yeah, so we'll, by the time this episode comes out, the Kids' Choice Awards will already happen. Yeah, so, so, we'll, so we were either right in speculating that it would be at the Kids' Choice Awards, or we were speculating the entire time and it didn't happen. Well, guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, Let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought of it. Uh, Have you bought anything from Holothon? Was Rex One your favorite figure that you bought? Let us know somewhere. Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Facebook. Ninja Turtle Turtle PH on Instagram and Twitter. Spencer, what are we doing next week? So as I mentioned in the news, Armageddon game number five comes out. So that makes three issues again. We're going to be back to talking about comics. So that's going to be Armageddon Games number five, TMNT number 137, and Armageddon Game The Alliance number five. Awesome. I am so excited to talk about these. Man, that that Crane Terrell fight. Mm. I have I have 137 on like so what I'm doing now is I'm but whenever I buy comics, I I leave them out where i can see them so i make sure i read them so 137 is is next yeah well it's actually armageddon game number five comes first chronologically well that's important yeah, i have 137 <laughs> on top of that so okay we'll figure it out next week so i won't have the problem that i had last time just just read armageddon game number five first <laughs> i made the mistake of not doing that and regretted it uh so yeah that's our show this week thank you again so much for listening and until next time Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Cowabingo! Bingo. We should just 
If we have an April Fool's episode, just close it out with Cowabingo. Cowabingo. I think if we do an April Fool's episode, we should uh, cover three episodes of Street Sharks or Biker Mice from Mars or something. (laughs) Uh, I I would be down for that. The 2000s Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, did that get a revival? It did, dude. Yeah, I never never saw it. Like, I'm still I'm still convinced it didn't even come out. It did. I watched it and I liked it. <laughs> Oof. Biker mice from Mars, 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 Mars. Had so like a techno y like theme song. Really? Worst part about NECA figures is all these stupid like plastic clips they use. The, oh, other, no. the other best part about that show is every single time they like blasted one of the evil like alien cat chips and blew him up. They had to show the cats floating down in a parachute that they like didn't actually kill them. You know, everyone was, <laughs> every, no one was harmed. It's fine. You know, they just blew up a ship. He yeah. got out though in a parachute, like every single time. Like no one ever died. You never saw anyone die ever. It gets a little inconsistent because then like uh, Bucky O'Hare, like they're, <laughs> their like slogan was like let's go kill toads or <laughs> it was not that violent it was like let's go frag some croak or croak some toads that was it and it's you remember you know, trying never, to kill toads i never watched bucky o'hare um but did you guys ever watch uh captain simeon and the space monkeys no i think i have seen an episode of that i used to love that show was that an australian show uh no that was, maybe i'm thinking something different I was on another another podcast, and the guy from Australia sent us some. It might have been that. It was some monkey in space. It was probably Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Yeah, I've seen Space Chimps. Space Chimps. That it was a really bad animated movie. It was just awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gotta find this up. This Rex One figure, pretty cool. He's got the opening chest compartment. Hmm. And I thought you were supposed to be able to put a VHS tape in it, but it does not look like you are able to. So that's disappointing. Bummer. It's like squishy plastic. That's weird. What squishy plastic? Like the robot? No, his uh, chest. Like the oh. his uh, when you open up his chest and it's like the circuit board inside. Uh huh. It's like squishy plastic. Huh. That is weird. This theme song is awful. He's beautiful. The Biker Mice from Mars theme song? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. You sang it exactly how it's presented here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was another one of those four kids shows. I'm guessing that because Ninja Turtles was one of their successful things, they decided to try and like also revive Biker Mice from Mars. I, I don't know. 2006. Yeah, I would have stopped watching four kids by this point, so... Yeah, no, I was I was still knee deep in the in the hoopla. Wasn't there? Yeah, wasn't that the name of the block was hoopla or something? Oh, I don't know. I was just quoting. Uh, oh, uh, who is it? No, it's not Europe. It's Asia. Asia that sings. We built this city on rock and roll, right? They say knee deep in the hoopla. That song at some point. Anyway, oh, um, just wanted to say that now. Isn't the Jefferson Starship? Maybe that is Jefferson Starship. I don't know. All those 80s bands sound the same. It's it's definitely more in like that that like not quite metal, poppy or rock. Not it's like not hair band. 
Yeah. No, I, I love that song. It is a good song. And I think you're right. It is Jefferson Starship. Uh, knee deep in the hoopla. Knee deep in the hoopla. Oh, it's just Ooh. Starship. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's not, it's not Jefferson Starship. It's just, it's just Starship. Starship. So that was a starship. Was the Alan Parson project some sort of hovercraft? Silence. Not Sorry, I'm, I'm messing. I'm messing with Rex. There's You're a fine. lot of there's a lot of squishy plastic. I was I was just looking through the so the the al the, the name of the album that that song appeared on is also called Knee Deep in the Hoopla. Ah, look at it, that. It's just a fun thing to say. You, you just hoopla. You know. Just, I I agree. It is. It's a fun word. Oh, cool. I've already scraped plastic off of the gray part. You scraped my, the paint off. That's my it. chrome dome fell today and scratched my wall. <laughs> chrome yeah. dome is fine. But not, your chrome. <laughs> but not, my but wall. not the wall. I, I'm 100% serious. It's <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a oh. bummer that Rex is more expensive than uh, he's he's smaller than Krang. In the uh, tune line, he, like not much smaller, but he's about that size. Um, but yeah, he's like fifteen bucks more. Inflation, supply Inflation, chain, uh, etc. So that'll get you, Spencer. Can I post a picture of Rex One and be like the only thin blue line that matters? <laughs> maybe the only thin blue line the turtles need no i mean maybe that's not. leo's mask but true <laughs> ah, <laughs> damn spencer you're on fire tonight man uh it's because i had my mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> yeah watch him watch out he's saucy had my caffeine he's, he's full of sugar and caffeine i'm sharp <laughs> as a tack Ah, Leia Ramini did a voice in Biker Mice from Mars. I love Leia Ramini. I do yeah. too. She's great. Oh yeah. There's a there's a reason I still have Peacock. It's only so I can watch <laughs> King of Queens. Which interestingly enough was a CBS show, but it's on I watched yeah. it on Fox. 